Each morning, ask yourself, or fill in the blank, today, my attitude will be one of, and that can look like a bunch of different things. It could be curiosity, it could be determination, it could be love, it could be compassion. But what this does is it sets your mind, because attitude is the way we dedicate ourselves to the way that we think. So by doing that first thing in the morning, we are positioning our attention and other people are gonna benefit from that as well. What is up, Fit Farm fam? Welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. My name is Dr. Adam Martin. I am a practicing pharmacist, nutrition consultant, author, and lover of living life to the fullest. Each episode on the podcast, I will dispense to you an innovator and expert in the world of healthcare so they can share their story, their struggles, and best practice tips to empower you to nail your nutrition, master your mindset, fit in fitness, and take your level of impact to the next level with simple solutions for how to live with passion and purpose. Thank you for spending your time with me today. Now let's discuss how to dispense your full potential. The body achieves what the mind believes. That is so freaking true. Guys, when I started in my fitness journey, it was all about fitness, nutrition, and getting that chiseled look. However, through life experiences and being a pharmacist, you know, not having time and running around like your head cut off, it came very apparent that mastering your mindset was the key to mastering all other areas in your life, which is why I am so honored and excited to bring to you all my friend and colleague, Dr. Corey Probst, who is the wellness director and vice president of the Diet Doc LLC. She is a licensed and clinical mental health counselor in earning her bachelor's degree in exercise physiology, a master of science in counseling, and a doctorate in health psychology and behavioral medicine. Her dissertation addressed the perceived threats to weight loss goals and their relationship to motivation and self-determination. Her education is enhanced by certifications in personal training, health coaching, and lifestyle and weight management consulting. She is an ISSN clinician, the International Society of Sports Nutrition. The Diet Talk itself specializes in educating cons- educational consulting for individuals who desire to achieve optimal and sustainable health. Dr. Corey, welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Oh, Adam, great to be here. Thank you. Guys, you might recognize her name if you are in the space, but <laughs> if you are an active pharmacist or pharmacy student looking to take your level of productivity, health, and happiness to the next level, you might also recognize her name from my new book, RxU, The Pharmacist Survival Guide for Managing Stress and Fitting in Fitness because she, in fact, is the author of the Master Your Mindset chapter. So, Dr. Corey. Yes. What you thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Always thoughts rummaging around up here in my head. Uh, First, thank you very much. And second, uh, thank you very much again, because I was very honored to be included 
in your book and just excited for you that you, you have this piece of work uh, here for everyone to really benefit from. It, it's much needed. I totally agree. That was, that was the why behind the book. Um, and thank yeah. you for being a part of that. Uh, I was in structuring the book. I was, you know, looking at the three things that pharmacists and pharmacy students struggle with. Mm-hmm. And it all comes down to, I don't have enough time in mm-hmm. you know, getting a good nutrition plan or being overwhelmed and, and how to fit in fitness. But all of that stems from the mindset, because when we get into overwhelm and anxiety, we don't get very productive. So if we can really center and really master our mindset, everything else won't really fall into place, but it will really set us up to be successful. So I thought, (laughs) you know, I could write on this. Um, I I have some experience, you know, I I live life and and everything else, but what if I get the world's best health psychologist to master that subject? Well, that's very kind of you. It's true. Compliment. (laughs) I, I do my best. I set intentions. I personally, deliberately and consciously uh, position my attitude in a certain way every day um, because that is really the best way that I know how to be who I am most genuinely and authentically in the service of the people that whose lives I'm touching. So it really is, Adam when we boil it down about attitude, about attention, about intention, about deliberateness uh, and awareness. Yeah. Awareness is so, so key. Um, that's why I'm, I'm such a huge advocate for reading and networking and conferences mm-hmm. because it exposes you or, you know, really just opens your eyes to different ways of thinking, different perspectives, uh, mm-hmm. world beliefs, and, and makes you question. Because maybe you're not right, or maybe there's something you didn't consider that could be better than what you've been believing your whole life. Right. And what you're really speaking to is that basic psychological need of connection. You know, that's ultimately uh, the three legs of self-determination. That's a key one next to autonomy and then competence. But that that connecting with others, that collaboration that we can engage in with others does help us to see where our biases may lie, what associations we've been making that uh, maybe need a bit of light shown on them um, uh, to help us dispel some beliefs that maybe we've been living by unconsciously uh, and to help us get out of our own way. That's an excellent point that you made helping us get out of our own way and <laughs> I don't I know, think you know where I'm going <laughs> you know where I'm going um, <laughs> and you've spoken about this a lot in uh, yours and Dr. Joe's podcast uh, the Diet Doc Life Mastery podcast which I am a subscriber and love that podcast I listen to every single episode I think you guys are is on episode 80 yeah I think we're on like 83 at this point so yeah. So, I mean, it, it's good content, guys. If you're not subscribed, I highly recommend it. Um, but one of the topics that you guys bring up, because it's so common, is self-sabotage. Right. Getting in our own way. And you talk about how that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> to put it lightly, yes. <laughs> but a lot of people say, like, but I know what to do. I just don't do it. So I'm self-sabotaged. 
Well, the thing is, I I want to question whether we're actually trying to sabotage ourselves or if it's the goal that's being sabotaged by the actions that we're engaging in. Right. No, none of us, I don't know anyone who sets a goal, has an intention, who deliberately tries to shoot themselves in the foot, to hurt themselves, to put themselves in a position where it's going to be much, 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 much harder. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. So I, I look at, yeah, sabotage happens. But I think we need to change the language around that because ultimately, when we're engaging in an action that, yes, may not be aligned with the best actions to move forward with a goal that's important to us, we are actually trying to protect ourselves in some way. We just don't have a skillful means of doing what we need to do. So I don't agree when people say, I know what to do. I just don't do it. I don't agree. I don't think people know what to do. I don't think they've asked themselves or reflected upon more valuable questions like, how would I do this more skillfully? What are the barriers that could potentially get in my way? What might I not be aware of (laughs) in this situation? Other people who have done this and who have succeeded or not succeeded, what was going on for them? What might I look out for? So I think in most cases, Adam, it's an issue of competence, Mm -hmm. not ignorance. Let's not get the wording and the definitions wrong. Competence. So having the skill or the capacity because if i'm move, if i move towards food if i go to the freezer to get the ice cream um and say i'm dieting and it, it's not in line with what i had planned on eating that day and i had just gotten in an argument with my partner for example and now there's this sense of fractured connection there's some emotional upheaval there's some level of anxiety and discomfort, and I'm going to go soothe with food. It's my contention that that person, A, is trying to feel better. (laughs) They're trying to protect themselves from the discomfort, but B, they don't have a more effective or skillful means of managing that emotion. If they did, they probably would use that instead of ice cream. So, no, I think you're you're spot on. I don't agree with self-sabotage. I agree with self-protection in a non-skillful way. (laughs) And so with the clients that I work with, when we kind of change the language around it, it takes away the shame because then they're like, oh, you're right. I, I don't have a better way, a more skillful way of doing this. So then it becomes about learning and growing and adapting and managing differently. I like to say, Adam, that it's not about feeling better. It's about learning to become a better feeler. Mm. Embrace the feeling. So 
I love what you said, and I'm going to unpackage and reformulate it a little bit. So mm-hmm. what, what you're talking about with self-sabotage is, one, it's, it's really not you hurting yourself, but using the means that you know to assuage a discomfort feeling that you may not be aware of. And mm-hmm. that stems from competence or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Now, it could be that the gift of failure or pain is actually a gift. It's not a burden. In that, when you have pain and failure, it's not a burden or woe is me, but it's really a practice of awareness. Mm -hmm. You're having this, holy crap, I'm feeling this intense emotion, feeling like a failure some other way. I don't know how to deal with this. So that is a um, display of awareness that you need to work on an area that is lacking in competence. Mm -hmm. So once you strengthen that, you mm-hmm. cannot quote self sabotage, but really address the feeling. So not to minimize it or ignore it, but to mm-hmm. really give light to it, embrace it, bask in it. And how can you productively shift that to something that you want to feel, so that you can not just self sabotage, but relinqu- not relinquish, but really kind of address that in a healthy way, not yeah. in a way that. You know, it satisfies one goal and drops the other one, which is what people see self-sabotage as, but, you know, address one way and then move towards another goal. So it's really a symbiotic win-win. Yeah, Adam, I, as long as I've been practicing this, and that's my favorite word, probably one of my favorite words on the planet is practice. Like I, I practice certain disciplines and I have practiced. Disses that I engage in. So it's a noun and it's a verb for me in my life. But as long as I've been practicing this level of um, equanimity and self compassion, and within self compassion is this spirit of acknowledgement. So, no, I don't like to feel discouraged. I don't particularly enjoy the sensations that come with failure, uh, disappointment. I don't like feeling that way. And yet, on the other hand, I have a skillful way through practice of acknowledging that that's there and giving myself the space to say, okay, it, that's here. Like I'm, I'm going to be with what is right now, allowing that to be here now rather than kind of resisting it or pushing it away or telling myself I shouldn't feel that way or trying to get away from it. Um, Rather than engaging in those actions, but to say, okay, I'm going to allow this to be here, but I'm not going to get sucked in by the story around it. So Mm -hmm. like we talk about in RxU, there's a difference between like the emotion itself and the feeling the emotion is okay there's these and you know it's what i call it i can call it disappointment i can call it discouragement i can call it shame i can call it whatever i can put a name to it the feeling though is what's the experience in the body feelings are sensations so Rather than getting caught up in, this is failure, this is discouragement, this is shame. Okay, yes, there is the adage that if we name it, we can tame it. So that's like actually naming it is acknowledging that something's there. 
But on the other side of that is there's a physical manifestation in the body. Like when I feel, when there's a sense of discouragement, there is a literal sense, a sensation in my body of heaviness. Like, oh, like it's very weighty. Mm. And there's a sensation of in my head, like a little bit of achiness. Now, I can judge that. I can say this is bad. I can say this is wrong. I can say I shouldn't feel this way. Guess what, though? That's the story. Those are the thoughts around it. So the skill is in being able to recognize the sensations themselves. Oh, ooh, that's heavy. Okay, I can, I can touch that. I can allow it. And then notice and observe the thoughts attached to it, but kind of play a game with the thoughts of catch and release. Like, okay, I, I caught that thought. I see it's there. I notice it, but now I'm going to release it. Like, catch it, release it, catch it, release it. And so I hope that I'm not getting like way too ambiguous and esoteric here. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, this is where what I mean by developing a more skillful way of being with whatever is there, particularly when it's not comfortable, not ideal, not something or a space that we kind of want to (laughs) experience. I agree with that completely. And what you said actually leads into the next topic. You said a skillful way. So having those skills. Um, For a lot of people that might be listening, I know for me, this whole realm of mindset and all of these things you're discussing, which are true and certainly valuable, Mm -hmm. um, a few years ago, if you told me this stuff, I'd be like, huh? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so, so it's kind of new. So if someone's <laughs> listening and they're 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 interested, but they don't, it's it's a new realm to them. Yeah. Resources that you can recommend so that they can start developing the skills. Now, before you go into that, I I want to say too, outside the moment. So inside and outside the moment. A lot of people, when they're in a stressful situation, just like you said, that self sabotage mm-hmm. comes in. They want to escape it then and there. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question is breaking that into two compartments. One, how do you deal with emotions in the moment? So if you mm-hmm. feel super anxious or super worried, and two, what are some skills, practices, daily rituals that you can recommend people to do so that when they do come up against that, they've mm-hmm. been practicing and building the skills to effectively manage that in that time? Yeah, to your first question, Adam. If we look at what is occurring physiologically when we're in that kind of volatile and intense kind of heavy space where the experience is uncomfortable, let's call it uncomfortable. We can just call it an experience. And that's part of skill. You know, that's how the skill develops to the point where we can say, ooh, (laughs) okay, this is an experience. (laughs) (laughs) Rather than this is awful or terrible, right? And judge it negatively. This is an experience. I was going to say, I like how you framed that. (laughs) How might I approach this experience right now? Um, 
But physiologically, we're in a, a space of threat. And when, when our bodies are in that threat kind of mode, you know, our sympathetic nervous systems are highly activated. And most people would recognize that as fight or flight or, you know, freeze mode, mm-hmm. where we are not able to necessarily process things cognitively like we would be when we're in rest and digest mode and we can problem solve really well and we can think linearly and we can process. The, when we're in threat mode, all we're trying to do is protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm in danger. This is not, this is a harmful place to be. I need to protect myself. So we're going to do whatever we can very quickly to feel better. The thing to remember, though, is when in, in most cases, 99% of the time, we're not in danger, right? You and I are talking about health goals. We're not talking about possibly being murdered. I mean, that sounds horrible. This, that completely different discussion, guys. <laughs> okay. Like, if, if that's the case, then, you know, different discussion. But when we're talking about engaging in actions that are in line with managing stress and fitting in fitness, okay, we're not really threatened in any way when we think we are. And literally, that's what I mean. We think we are. There are thoughts that this is bad, this is wrong, got to get away from this, don't feel this, you know, change this, distract from this. When what we, the best thing we can do in that moment when we notice these sensations in the body that are triggering is pause and breathe. Mm. Breathe. So, okay, on a very practical note, right now in this moment, what I noticed about myself physiologically was that as I've been talking with you, Adam, like, I literally have not been taking full deep breaths. (laughs) (laughs) When when I just said that, breathe, and I paused and actually breathed, I was like, whoa, okay. For the last 15 minutes, I hadn't done that. Mm. I was literally like hyperventilating, slow, like really fast, rapid breathing that doesn't allow us to get in oxygen okay and our brains need that oh that's important go ahead oh i was gonna say oxygen is important then kind of i think i mean don't you (laughs) i I think so i think um yeah i think i think so um but so number one thing that all of us could begin practicing more is Scheduled breathing breaks, check-in time. So, you know, this book is all about, (laughs) it's a survival guide. (laughs) Survival guys. And we're all trying to be incredibly productive. We time block, our schedules are full, right? But we can't forget that part of thriving in this world where we're all trying to survive too is recovery. So as part of my daily practices, getting into the rituals part, I check in with myself. I set a timer on my phone 
to go off every 50 minutes. Now, some of you may want to do that more often. Am I breathing? Take three big deep breaths. Okay, uh, probably what you're going to find is when you're actually cued to check in with yourself, you're not breathing deeply. Now, that's not me saying you need to be doing deep diaphragmatic breaths all day long, every moment of the day. That's not realistic. Like, we breathe on our own. We're clearly getting oxygen. But in the moments when we begin to feel just overwhelmed and hyper-anxious and vigilant, good indicator, get some oxygen. Yes. That works really well, guys. Um, I've implemented that in the past year in uh, club pharmacy. So when there's tons of waiters and doctor calls and your tech calls off and all that stuff, if you just literally just count three breaths, I know it sounds crazy and you know phones are ringing and all this stuff and you're like, I can't, I don't have the time. Just literally three breaths and it really does make a big difference. So tried and true, pharmacist approved. Yeah, and... As simple as it sounds, like you said, Adam, people are going to say, I don't have time. What, you don't have 30 seconds? Three seconds, literally, to inhale. You're breathing anyway. We're just extending that a few seconds. Yes. So ritual-wise, I meditate. And... I, I hesitate to even say that word, even though it's incredibly beneficial and meaningful to me. This is a very non-secular way <laughs> of helping to train your mind and train your, your attention. So start with two minutes. And when, when, that's, when I say meditation, it is literally attention training. So the type of meditation that I do is it's called shamatha vipassana but what it not even important <laughs> is focusing on the breath. So when I sit to do this and I do it with my eyes open because meditation that the one that I'm practicing right now is about wakefulness. It's not about falling asleep. It's about wakefulness. And I'm not staring at and looking directly at what, where my eyes are, but where my focus is, is on my breathing. So if anyone who's listening kind of wants to get an idea of what this might feel like when I say we're training our attention. So, okay, you're there, whether you're in your car listening to this or whatever. I, right now, what I want you to do is focus your attention on your big toe. And now shift your attention to your right shoulder. Now shift your attention to your left ear, the lobe of your left ear. Now shift your attention to your right knee. And now come back to your left big toe. <laughs> <laughs> so, head and shoulders, knees and toes. Knees and toes. <laughs> <laughs> so, when I'm meditating, I'm focused on the breath. Now, you guys probably felt or experienced, like, I can't explain what 
that focus, that attention, like what allows us to do that, to go from the toe to the shoulder to the earlobe, you know, it's like, that's, that's where my attention is. It's just like when Adam is talking, my attention is on the sound of his voice. But all of you have been reading a book before and then notice that you're like, oh my gosh, I've been daydreaming about the date that I just had for the last 10 minutes. I don't remember what the last five pages of the book said, right? Or you're driving somewhere and you don't remember the drive from home to work. You didn't notice anything. You were lost in thought. So what happens when we meditate is exactly that. I may have my focused attention on the breath. And at some point I notice, and I don't know what cues me in. I notice that I've been thinking about something else. I've, I've just got lost in thought. Now that doesn't mean I've done it wrong. In that exact moment, I've become aware. And so I, I touch the thought. I say thinking to myself, and then I shift my attention back to my breathing. Mm. And that it's going to happen again. I'm going to notice that I, oh, later today, I may notice that my thoughts are all like I'm daydreaming about this podcast that I did with you today. And I notice awesome. it. I really did. <laughs> <laughs> I notice it. And I touch that. I say thinking and I bring it back to the breath. So, in this way, this is one of my rituals to train focus, to train attention. And some days are feel really easy, Adam. And some days my mind, because our minds, guys, they're supposed to think. That's what they do. We're never going to stop our thoughts. If we're not having any thoughts anymore, then we're probably dead. But what we learn to do more quickly and more fluidly is to notice when we've been swept away by the story and the thoughts and to bring our attention back. And it, it's, it's a very, it's a gentle and it's a tender discipline, Adam. It's not, God damn it, like it happened again. I got lost in the story again. How come I can't do this right? No, no. It's a very gentle, like, sinking, and then we come back, and then it happens again, and we can say sinking, and then we come back. And I just want to reiterate that it's a practice because, like anything, whether we're learning how to squat for the first time, or we're learning how to ride a bike, or we're learning how to drive a stick shift, or we're learning how to tell time. You know, I remember when I learned how to tell time when I was younger and count money. Um, I remember getting frustrated. And in those moments, like, what, how did my mom react? She was soothing and she was gentle. And she was like, Corey, it's okay, sweetheart. Let's start from the beginning. So the point is to, is to begin again. When you get swept away, begin again. When you get swept away, begin again, gently, tenderly. Part of this whole thing, and this is, this is what's in the book too, Adam, is self-compassion. Non-judgmentally, I was going to say. Exactly. Yes. And it's not that the non-judgmental 
stuff disappears completely, but we notice it because we feel it. And with practice, we're like, oh, no, mm -mm. no, come back to what's, what's good, what, what's opening, what's spacious, what's generative. Because we can feel in our bodies when we're not, not practicing self-compassion because we contract and we become rigid and restricted and tight. So I think the value, there's a couple of points I want to highlight here because what you said is really awesome and it's, it's really good to chew on and just yeah. stop and just assess that. Um, but I think one of the main points with, with mindfulness and the value that meditation brings is yeah. a value of practicing presence. Mm-hmm. And why that's good in the moment is because how many how many thoughts do we have in one day? Isn't <laughs> seriously? Isn't there like there's a number? It, I forget what it is. It's crazy. Um, but even like relating yeah. to food and nutrition, how many food related thoughts are there a day? Well, we make over two hundred and fifty decisions about food a day. Yeah, yeah. And so those that those are just decisions. Yeah. Thoughts related to food. I mean, I can tell you that it's very interesting because as you do this too, guys, you begin, if you practice mindfulness meditation, what you begin to understand is more about yourself. Like what are your tendencies in thinking? How do the thoughts come in? Do they rush in? Do they kind of filter in slowly and softly? Are there certain areas that your mind just keeps going back to over and over again, um, certain contexts of your life or situations? But when uh, what I've noticed about myself is when I've completed something, say I'm in the middle of my workday, when I finish an email, it's in that space between completing something and starting something else that I think about food. It's almost like, there's this desire to have food be the exclamation point or the small reward for the completion of something. But so the practice for me is just to be like, <laughs> Oh, there you are. <laughs> okay. Now what's my next intention? You know, to notice the thought, touch it, kind of a touch and go sort of practice. Like I touch it. I notice you, I acknowledge you're there. And then I go back to, where my mind needs to focus. It's that shift from the big toe to the right shoulder. Mm. Shifting the focus and really noticing. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah. So that's an excellent skill that I myself have been working on for a long time. And, and that's the beauty is it, it never, you're never done. It's always kind of a, a learning and evolving process. Yeah. So for, for clients that you've worked with and helping them to, to get to that place where it's a daily practice, have they given you any feedback for any apps to help with medi meditation? Um, I know one is Headspace, uh, just to get people started who are brand new to this whole thing. Um, but are there any apps, books, or resources you can recommend uh, for people getting started with that? Yeah, um, I don't use an app, but I do have some clients who have said they like Headspace. I've had other clients who say they don't like Headspace. They don't like the person's voice. Headspace gives you um, the ability to have someone guide you through some meditations and all, all different links as well. Some of my favorite people who you might search for on 
the web who have free guided meditations are Tara Brock, um, Susan Piver. Those are probably two of my favorites. Susan Piver has written a book called Start Here Now. And that's an excellent book. It gives a little bit of, of history of mindfulness meditation, but also explains the actual practice. She'll walk you through it. So I think it helps, and I'll speak for myself in this way, it helps me to have a little bit of understanding about where it comes from and what the foundation of it is. And Susan describes it very eloquently, and it's very easy to understand in the way that she writes. So there's another app called Calm that I've heard some people really like. Again, I'm not familiar with it, but that's another out there. I don't have time to work out. Eating healthy is not possible as a pharmacist. There's so many things to juggle. I just feel so stressed out. I can barely even keep it together. Guys, if this is you, I totally understand. I have been practicing pharmacist full-time for over seven years. I've been through the hurdles, living through the trenches, and through my time with that, have developed simple solutions to help empower you to not only fit in fitness, but nail your nutrition and master your mindset, empowering you to lead by example through living a healthy lifestyle. I put all these solutions in an easy-to-read, applicable, and simple guide for you to read in my new book, RxU, The Pharmacist's Guide for Managing Stress and Fitting in Fitness. If you haven't gotten your copy, check the show notes for a link so that you can get yours today and get started to dispense your full potential. Another thing that you guys can do is there's awesome courses online to help guide you through the process and the workings. Um, Dr. Probst actually launched one, I believe it was in January, called the ABCs of Motivation. Mm, that was yeah. freaking fantastic. <laughs> um, speaking from a, a client, I went through that program. It was phenomenal. It looks at literally each letter of the alphabet, and she focuses on one word and how that can really pertain not just to motivation, but your mindset and your focus. Because I'm going to screw this quote up, but where focus goes, energy flows or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Where your attention goes, energy flows. Yep. There, it is. there it is. So <laughs> pay attention to Thank that you, quote. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what's exciting is I went through that course and it was really well structured. There was really great material. You got a worksheet and a podcast to go along with that. And it's all at your own pace because we all have different lifestyles. Some of us are parents. Some of us are working full time. So being able to take that structure of a course and pair it with flexibility of real life really allows you to take that and put that into practice. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was phenomenal. But what's really exciting is I understand you have another course out. Is that correct? Yeah, I do, Adam. This one has not been out very long, but it's a seven-week course. Um, It's We Eat How We Live. Um, It's End Emotional Eating and Change Your Relationship with Food. So I have a video each week. And I guide you through a specific practice um, each of the seven weeks. And there's also, there's a PDF that accompanies the video. There's also audio that, you know, covers the exact same thing. Some people like audio, some people like video. So I included both. And um, yeah, I've gotten some really, really great feedback about that course. The great thing about it is it 
engages you in an actual an activity, a practice throughout the entire week that, you know, then you can continue building on if you want to. But the idea is that through that practice, you're going to learn a lot about yourself. You're going to uncover some things and reveal some things about yourself that the, the information is going to be incredibly valuable as you move forward um, towards your goal pursuits. So yeah, I, I would love to offer anyone who's listening, all of your listeners, Adam, a $50 discount for that course. And Wow, thank you so much. That's really generous. You are very welcome. Yeah, I, I just think there's, there's so much information out there, Adam, that I really, I respect what you're providing to all your listeners and just giving them real tangible information. And this course is, like I said, it's seven weeks long, but you're going to glean a lot from it. And these are resources that you can keep forever. You know, this isn't something that's going to close and be lost to you. But I mean that in a very like psychological way too. <laughs> these are resources <laughs> that will be within you that you continually come back to and utilize in moments when you need them. So <laughs> That's a good, good point to point out. <laughs> so for people that are interested in signing up, where do they go for the course? Yeah, they can go to www.thedietdoc.com slash we eat how we live. And guys, that link will be in the show notes along with the code that will help you to get started at a lesser cost. But again, it's only seven weeks and it's customizable to your time frame. So we have that concept that we talked throughout the book of structured flexibility. So you have the guidance, but you also have flexibility so you don't have to approach it in that black and white, I failed, I succeeded structure. It's yeah. all dependent on what works best for you so that you can dispense your full potential and really coming into your full power. <laughs> Beautiful. So Dr. Corey, it has been an absolute honor having you on the podcast. Is there any final thoughts or anything you want to leave the listeners with? I love this question. It's not a question I would want to be impulsive about answering. <laughs> I would ask that each of you take a very candid assessment each morning. If you want to be really intentional about showing up as your best self, not just for you, but for other people, you guys are in positions of impact and contribution. But each morning, ask yourself, or fill in the blank, today, my attitude will be one of, and that can look like a bunch of different things. It could be curiosity. It could be determination. It could be love. It could be compassion. So fill in the blank. But what this does is it sets your mind because attitude is the way we dedicate ourselves to the way that we think. So by doing that first thing in the morning, we are positioning our attention and other people are going to benefit from that as well. Set the intention and then follow through through simple daily practices because you're worth it. Well said. Well, it has been very mind-blowing 
having you talk about <laughs> mindset. <laughs> I'm all about puns, so I had to do it. But uh, for people who really want to connect with you more, where are the best places to reach you and connect with you online? Yeah, well, they can go directly to the website if they want to, thedietdoc.com. Check out the blog because there are literally hundreds of articles that will really help you to start and continue consistently practicing positioning your attention and um, help you understand what that means. And then if you want to reach out directly, feel free to email me. It's Corey, K-O-R-I, at thedietdoc.com. And then that other course, Adam, too, that you mentioned, the ABCs of Motivation, that is also in the shop on the website as well. Highly recommended. This girl knows what she's doing. Um, I've been fortunate enough to have her in my life for, I think, going on five years now, and it's truly been a blessing. Uh, so I just want to acknowledge you, Dr. Corey, for the phenomenal work you've been doing for people all over the world in helping them to master their mindset so that they can fully come in to dispense their full potential for what they love and are passionate about and sharing their gifts with the world as well. Mm, thank you, Adam, very much. <laughs> Guys, this has been the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Dr. Adam Martin signing off with Dr. Corey Probst of The Diet Doc. Thank you and go forward with living your best life. All right, Fit Farm fam, until next time, I am out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the show. If you are new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Your time is invaluable, and I sincerely appreciate you sharing it here. Most importantly, hit that subscribe button so you get a fresh new podcast episode every single week. Also, please leave a rating and review for the show. I sincerely hope that you got at least one golden nugget of knowledge from this episode. If you did, please share this with one person who you can help dispense their full potential. That is how this community will grow organically. I don't ask for anything in return, so thank you for your action of support. 